0: Right. Well, we are in a sermon series called "Becoming Disciples: Following Jesus through Matthew." Um, we, we're we're in the series from uh, uh, Christmas through Easter, and we are just camping out in the Gospel of Matthew, following Matthew as our storyteller, with this goal of becoming disciples. Um, this seems to be Matthew's intention that not not that we just become smarter or learn new things about Jesus, but that like we. We would actually like take it and make it like flesh and blood. That like we would become students or apprentices or disciples of Jesus. That we would like embody this stuff and live this out in our day to day life. And so uh, that's not just our goal throughout this series, but um, that's our goal for this morning. And so as we uh, get ready to jump in and wrestle with the scriptures together, uh, I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. Loving God, uh, we are uh, grateful for um, this chance to to be together, we're grateful for the gift of this community, and uh, we're grateful for this chance to uh, open the scriptures and wrestle with them together. And so as we uh, do that, um, we uh, acknowledge that your spirit is here among us, and we yield ourselves to your spirit and ask that your spirit would lead us, guide us, shape us, and form us more and more into the way of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I have a confession to make. I don't get prayer. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand it. Uh, I can't, like, quite wrap my mind around it. Like, it doesn't always make sense to me. And I get that that may be strange or uncomfortable for some of us to hear. And so uh, if, if you do get prayer, uh, if you do wrap your, can wrap your mind around it, if you can understand it, if you feel like you can speak with some sort of conviction or with some sort of authority on it, I will concede the platform to you right now. No one, yeah? Alright, cool. So, see, it's not that I don't just get prayer, it's that we don't get prayer, right? And so, uh, what I want to do this morning is, now that we've all acknowledged that, we've all acknowledged that we don't get prayer, because nobody came up here and uh, took my spot here, can we just silence that little voice in the back of our head? You know what I'm talking about? That little voice that, that popped up as soon as you heard the word prayer, that said, you don't pray enough, you don't pray at all, you don't pray well enough, and that means that you're not a good enough Christian, whatever that means, right? Right? Can we silence that little voice? You know, that little voice has a name, by the way, right? That, that voice, uh, it's, its name is shame. And the way that, that shame grows in our life and the way that shame takes advantage of us is by living in the dark. And when we acknowledge that, like, we don't understand something, we kind of disarm it, right? And so we all just acknowledge, like, we don't get prayer. We have nothing to hide. We have nothing to prove. So, like, let's silence shame and, like, be able to, like, lean in and get curious. And perhaps maybe we can, like, actually glean some wisdom or um, something helpful from uh, the next few minutes. Yeah? All right. So uh, one of the reasons why I don't uh, get prayer uh, is because of some of, the, some of the things that Jesus actually says about it. Right? And so, uh, for example, we read this in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. He says, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So this comes at the end of the, the Sermon on the Mount, which we've been in for the last few weeks, and. As we've noted over the last few weeks, like when we talk about the Sermon on the Mount, we're talking about like the pinnacle of Jesus's teachings. Like this is the, the best of the best of the best. This is like the best hits of Jesus. Yeah, and when we get into the Sermon on the Mount, this is like what one author describes as like uh, the the beginner's guide to the kingdom of heaven. And when we get to the Sermon on the Mount, what we're, we're seeing here is this intimate look into the life that God is inviting us into. And when I say us, like I mean us, not just like you and me, separate, but like in the same room, but like a whole new understanding of ourselves in connection to this new community, this new family, the body of Christ, the community of Jesus itself, that we somehow take on some sort of new dimension and we are fused intimately with this community, that this is a, a communal collective sort of together us. And so we get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount and we get to Matthew chapter 7, we see all of these little nuggets of wisdom, including this particular nugget about prayer. I don't know how you read this, but like, my goodness, like, this is some big, bold, audacious claims about prayer, right? I mean, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He compares it to a parent whose child asked for bread. He says, of course you wouldn't give a stone, compares it to a parent whose child asks for a fish, and he says, of course you wouldn't give a snake. Like, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good things? Now, I'm somebody who uh, loves to nuance the heck out of things. Uh, I'm somebody who doesn't feel comfortable in, like, the black or the white, but perhaps the gray, yeah. Um, but, like, there's not much nuance here, right? There's not a whole lot of gray here. Like, it's pretty simple and straightforward. And yet, I still don't get it. (laughs) Uh, And perhaps it's because my lived experience feels so different from this. Um, So to highlight this, uh, last week... uh I was watching the AFC championship game. Anybody else watching that? Yeah, this football game. So the winner of this goes to the, NFL, or to the Super Bowl. So a huge, huge game. And it's between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, like the storyline leading up to this was all about the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. He had a bum ankle. Like, and nobody knew how healthy he was going to be. And like, he's, he's a, a bit of a magician out there. Like, he needs his ankles to move and make the, the magic happen that he does. And so like, people were really concerned about this. So we get to the end of the game, and it's tied, I think, 20-20. And the Chiefs are driving down the field. And we get to the second last play, and he does it. Like, he turns on the Jets, and he takes off running. He picks up a ton of yards. He uh, picks up a personal foul, and then they get more yardage. And then the next play, the Chiefs win the game, and the crowd goes crazy. And uh, the reporter comes to Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game, and she's like, Patrick, explain this to me. What's going on? And Patrick says... First off, I want to give glory and thanks to God. Uh, I prayed all week that God would heal my ankle and God healed my ankle. I don't know how you hear those sorts of things, but I I feel this mixed sort of tension within me. On the one hand, like we live in such a cynical age that it, it felt like, I don't know, it felt really relieving to hear somebody get up with that sort of conviction and confidence and say, I prayed and I asked God for this and God healed my ankle. Again, we live... I live in such a cynical age that like, there was something like good for my soul to hear that. And yet I recognize, on the other hand, like, I'm one of those cynical people, right? Like, I hear this and I immediately think, is that how it works? Like, I can just ask for things and like, God will grant it to me? Is this how this whole prayer thing works? And then my mind begins to run through all of the list of like, unanswered prayers that have come in my life. And of course, because of my story, like my mind jumps to like being a fifteen-year-old praying for the health of my and health and healing of my father. And my mind jumps to a seventeen-year-old praying for the health and healing of my mom. And I think like. What happened here, right? Like, we have a very privileged sort of person praying very privileged prayers to continue to make millions of dollars when there are people quite literally dying from poverty. And this prayer gets answered, and yet, like, as a 15, 17 year old, like, I'm just praying to not become an orphan. Like, what gives here? (laughs) Like, did I not ask enough? Did I not search enough? Did I not knock enough? Or to summarize all of those things, did I not have enough faith? If you've ever been in this position, I know a number of your stories, and know that a number of you have been in these places of like desperate prayer, crying out for your very life. Like you know that to be asked those questions is to be like uh, obtuse at best and downright offensive at its worst. So what's what gives? Uh-oh. The honest answer is, I don't know, because I don't get prayer, right? Like, I've tried to be very clear from the get-go here. Like, I don't get this thing. So, uh, but I really want to. Like, I really want to get prayer, especially, like, when I hear the way that Jesus talks about prayer and the way that I see Jesus interacting with prayer. Like, I desperately want to get prayer. And so here's the best way that I've been able to wrap my mind around uh, what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 7. So when it comes to uh, real estate, what are the three keys? The three rules? Location, 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 right? And the same can be said when it comes to, like, wrestling with a biblical text. Except we might not say location, location, location. We'll say context, 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 right? The the location of a text within its broader location within a text, like, helps us make sense of this, right? And so when it comes to Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11, this big, bold, audacious claim that Jesus, Jesus has made about prayer, we recognize that this comes at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which tells us something. This comes at the end of this extended teaching about Jesus talking about the life of God that we have been invited into. So after just like laying out hit after hit after hit about this life that we have been invited into, this very life of God that Jesus is inviting us into, Jesus comes to this place where he says, if you want this life, if you want this life of God, if you want to be caught up in the divine life, ask. Search. Knock. It's as if Jesus is saying, if this is the type of life that you want, if you want your life to get caught up in God's very life, all you have to do is ask and you will be given it. I don't know about you, but like when I think about like the life that Jesus is inviting us into, like I want I want more of that, (laughs) not less of it. Like I want more of being uh, 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 the the type of human that we see in the opening pages of scripture. I want more of like embracing my full humanity and stop uh, hiding and covering myself up with fig leaves. Like I want more of the type of being human that God called not just good but very good at the beginning of our scriptures. I want more of that, not less. I want more of my head and my heart and my hands coming into alignment with God's good intentions. I want more of my inner world coming into right alignment, which the Bible refers to as righteousness. I want more of the way that I interact with the world and the more for the world around me to come into that same sort of right alignment, which the Bible calls justice. I want more of that, not less. I want more of like understanding my place within the family of God with God being my divine parent and as the old hymn goes I thy true son, I thy true child, right? I want to understand what it means for you to not just be like co-members within a, a social club but like real life flesh and blood siblings, like my kin within the family of God. Like I want more of that, not less. I want more of this life that Jesus is inviting us into, not less. So I'll ask. I'll search. I'll knock, and I'll trust that out of God's goodness and graciousness and generosity, that God will give that life to me. I don't get prayer, um, but when I think about the life that God is inviting us into, I want more of that, not less. And so, uh, I hope that the more that I, I offer up my hopes and dreams and and concerns to God, that the more that like I get that life, and the more I can begin to wrap my mind around prayer. But I get that like, uh, this doesn't necessarily resolve the tension that we feel around like, unanswered prayers, right? Again, particularly like my own sort of desperate prayers as a, a teenager versus the privileged prayers of an NFL quarterback. So what do we do with that? Well, the honest answer, once again, and hopefully you see this coming now, is I don't know. Again, like, I don't get prayer, right? <laughs> it's, it's difficult for me to wrap my mind around that. However the more that I have like tried to, to lean into prayer and the more that I've tried to like lean into this life that God is inviting us into, the, the more I sense that like God wants to hear all about my life and, and God actually like cares about all of the parts of my life. And it's almost as if like God invites us into the life of God and the one thing that God longs for, the one thing that God desires is for us to like return the favor and invite God into our lives then. And the way that we invite God into our lives and return this favor is through this act of, of prayer. It's praying for the big things like healing and justice. It's praying for there to be enough money in the bank account at the end of the month. It's praying for uh, that opportunity that lies on the horizon it's praying for uh, the, the baby to stop crying in the middle of the night. Not that I know anything about that experience at this point in my life. But it, it's about offering up prayers for, like, even when you've circled the parking lot for the hundredth time and you're like, dear God, just give me a parking spot, right? Like, I think it's all about all of that. And I think Jesus uh, suggests that, like, God, God wants to hear all of that and God cares about all of that because this is the very life that God is inviting us into. A life where God is as big and expansive as the universe itself and yet as close and near as our very breath. A life with God where God is as grand and robust as the creator of all things and yet as intimate and familial and familiar as a parent. I think Jesus says like, if you want this life, where, this life with God where God is all of this bigness and all of this smallness then ask, search, knock and God will give it to you. But the way that we return the favor then is we invite God into our lives and we offer up all of our prayers, all of ourselves, the big, the significant, the important, all the way down to the the small, the insignificant, the unimportant. Because I think for some strange reason, God wants to hear all of that and cares about all of that. Now, a quick disclaimer, I don't think just because we pray for it. Uh, I don't think that that means that we will get that parking spot, okay? Uh, nor do I think if you go home and pray diligently for a million dollars that you will get a million dollars. But this is the image that keeps coming to mind. Like God invites us into the life of God. And when we pray, we invite God into our life. And somehow we, our lives meet. And I think that this is like quite literally where the magic happens, <laughs> like where where the spirit of god meets us in our life and this is where like that transformation can become can can start to happen where where our very lives can be shaped into the way of jesus and our heart can begin to reflect the heart of god and our love can begin to reflect the love of god A philosopher and uh, theologian dallas willard once said something along the lines of like god god's greatest hopes for us is that we would actually become the type of people that god could give us what we want <laughs> But for us to become those types of people, like we have to start with where we're at, those desperate prayers for a parking spot, right? God has invited us into the life of God. And when we start here, we invite God into our life. And somehow these lives begin to meet and something deep, beautiful, transformational begins to happen in our life. And we begin to, to bear the image of Jesus deeper and deeper in our lives. So 15 years down the road, we may not be praying for that parking spot. But this is where we're at and this is where we have to start. So that we can meet the life of God with our life and inviting God into it. So I don't get prayer. Um, but when I think about the life that God is inviting us into, I want more of that, uh, not less. And I recognize that God invites us into the life of God, and all that God really longs for is that we would return the favor and invite God into our life. And I think that happens through prayer. So my friends like, let's ask, let's search, let's knock. And let's trust that um, God is good and gracious and generous and that God um, will give us that life that we're asking for. Amen.